podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi folks, I'll just take a wee minute out here to talk about NordVPN. Now, NordVPN are official club partner of Rangers, so you know that they're trustworthy. And trust is a big thing on the internet. I'm afraid that you can't trust people because there are lots of bad people out there who want to steal your data. And if you are using other Wi-Fi to your home network, if you are out and about and you use Wi-Fi or your 4G when you're outside 5G, whatever, then hackers are able to get to your information and it's such a pain if you've ever been hacked and you've had to change passwords or you've had to change bank cards, etc. It is so, so time consuming and you don't need to do it because all you need to do is sign up to NordVPN and know you're protected. And of course, if you're ever going on a short holiday then you know what I'm talking about. You know where you can go to get absolutely thousands of options of where your internet is. But security is the key thing, let's face it. And you can get 73% off your NordVPN plan and a bonus gift if you go to nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand and use the code heart and hand. You will get up to 73% off your NordVPN plan and a bonus gift. So just go to nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand, use the code heart and hand and be protected. Get up to 73% off your NordVPN plan and a bonus gift. Christmas is coming. Hello everyone, it's David here. I'm the host of Heart and Hand as always and I'm delighted this week in a, a rare live in-person pod to be joined by my good friend Adam Thornton. Hi David. And my equally good friend Stevie Clifford. Hi David. Well folks, we've just been at the press conference, bit of an unusual pod today, uh, with Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. And uh, before we get into our thoughts on it, and unfortunately our thoughts on yesterday's League Cup semi-final, let's hear a little bit from the manager. Okay. Afternoon everyone, it's a pleasure to see you uh, this afternoon at Ibrox. Here today to introduce you to Giovanni, who's our 17th permanent manager at Rangers. Uh, we're delighted that Gio's taken up the appointment. And we're looking forward to the new era that awaits Glasgow Rangers. So I can just hand you over to David and he'll manage the questions. Giovanni, first of all, congratulations. Thank you. Welcome back to Glasgow. You've walked into this stadium as a player before. Give us an idea of how it feels to step through these doors knowing you're now the manager of this football club. Well, I'm very proud. As you said, it's been, um, you know, 98 when I first came here. Set together in this in this room with Dagatvika, the, the coach. So to be uh, to be back now as uh, as the manager is a proud feeling. Uh, of course, always kept in touch with the club, also the players I played with. So it's uh, it's it has been a, a beautiful time as a player, and it's good to be back now as a manager. And the last days, being in Glasgow again and being uh, involved with other people working with the club. Uh, made that feeling only more uh, more special. It's a big decision to take on a huge job like this. I just wonder if you can give us an idea of who you consulted before making the decision and what advice they've given you on taking this role. Well, it's been a, a moment where uh, when we first had the contact last week uh, in taking the job, uh, for me it was uh, quite easy because you know I know the the club and how 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 big. Uh, Rangers is so uh, for me there wasn't an issue about thinking over uh, this, uh, this this job um, but of course you, you have to talk to the people first uh, and then um, see if they were really offering me the job uh, but I had a I was confident that I uh, I would uh, would have the job because you know it's it's a club I want it's a club I want to lead uh, and I want to uh, bring success to the club. And, uh, you know, I've been working for for a big club as well as Feyenoord, very big club with a lot of pressure. Uh, also, um, you know, a club I really know uh, from when I was young. So I think those clubs are very similar, and hopefully I can bring the same success as I did together with my staff and the players to, uh, to Rangers. 
you saw your new team in action firsthand yesterday. Yes. Um, again, they did not win, of course. I just wondered what you make of the team you're inheriting and just what you made of, of Connor Goldson's comments after the game, that maybe the group have lost a little bit of hunger. Does that concern you at all? Well, I, as you said, you know, I've saw a lot of footage uh, about the team, a lot of games they played this season. So, uh, you know, it's a great squad. You know, they, they won the league last year. And uh, obviously, you know, the second year to be champions is, is more difficult. But, uh, you know, we're still in the, in the good place. And, uh, of course, not happy with the result yesterday. So, uh, you know, I can, think, I can see some things I want to change or we have to be better at. But uh, as, as my first meeting with, uh, with the players will be tomorrow, so I think it's, uh, it's better to tell them first, and to look them in their eyes, and to make sure that we are, from tomorrow on, we do everything to be uh, successful for this club. And uh, that's, my, that's my goal, that's my, uh, my ambition, and that's also the message I want to put across to the players. Congratulations to you, first of all, on your appointment. Thank you. Um, to manage the club. In terms of your background staff, the club have just confirmed those. Um, can you tell us a bit about them and what they'll bring to Rangers? Yeah, well, I brought um, you know some backroom staff with me. Also, uh, staff I used to work uh, with them also in the past. So we have uh, Roy Mackay, who will be a first-team coach. You know, we played together, and he was also with me and my staff at Feyenoord. And will be especially. Uh, looking to, to work with the strikers. Uh, Yuri Boschat is my uh, video analyst who knows the way I want to play, who knows the way I want to train, and is helping me in that department. Arno Phillips is the one who will uh, take the physical um, training and sessions uh, with him. Also, uh, uh, a member of staff of mine, uh, which uh, I was working on for, for many years. So I think it's good to uh, bring some backroom staff I know. There's already a big uh, backroom staff uh, at the club. Very good people, very pro 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 professional. So in that way, I think it's a good mix to, uh, to, work, uh, to work with. In terms of the, the squad, you mentioned the talented squad, is it almost a clean slate for players that what they've done in the past doesn't so much count? It's what they do for you and what you see on the training pitch. And we might lead to, to seeing players who've maybe not being regular and say getting a new opportunity? Well, in that aspect, uh, yes, of course, because, you know, I'm the, the coach coming in tomorrow and work with them. So for them, it's, uh, you know, I like players to, uh, to work hard and to show me and show the club they want to play. They want to do everything uh, possible to be uh, very good on games, very good in training. So in that aspect, I think it's, uh, it's a new beginning for them. So uh, I'm a coach who will give confidence to everyone uh, who's working, who uh, makes sure he's, uh, he will play at 100%, no matter how old you are, if you're young or old, you know, if you're good enough for me, you can, you can play. So in that aspect, I think it's a new beginning for all of us. Giovanni, could you give us a brief description of your playing philosophy and how you see Rangers playing moving forward? Well, I'm, 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 I'm brought up as a, in Holland, so we all know the 4-3-3 system. I'm uh, familiar with as a, as a player with all the teams I played with, uh, but also as a coach, I'm, you know, I'm uh, very fond of the system as a, as a starting point. I think you can have uh, many systems within a game, depending on which uh, opponent you're playing, if they're pressing really high up, if they're defending really deep. So I'm, I want to make sure that my players know the different ways of playing against each system and it, that's the most important thing because I think modern football is more about the, the dynamic and also the, the, the dynamic in changing uh, winning games so for me that's the, the most uh, important thing to work on from, uh, from day one. You join at a crucial time, was six weeks, um, lots of important games in there, will it be a challenge to implement those ideas when the games are well, you don't have, uh, obviously, you don't have the preseason where you have six weeks or even more to work with your new staff, to work with the players. So, you know, my, my, my point of beginning is something, you know, it's not ideal, but, you know, I think the club did well to react uh, the last week in, in, in getting a new uh, manager, getting a new uh, backroom staff. And uh, for the players also, it's something they don't want to uh, 
have in the middle of the season, but it's just the way it is. So uh, from tomorrow on, we were working hard uh, to, uh, first of all, to win games. I think that's the most important thing. Well, I think we had good conversation. You know, we had two good meetings. Um, so, in, in that way, I know uh, the people working with the club, where, where, the, where they want uh, the club to be in, in the next years. So, in that way, their philosophy, the vision, and uh, their ambition for me is, is really good. And uh, so, I think we'll, we'll always be close and discussing, you know, possible players coming in or players coming uh, or going out but I think that's the most important thing that you are on the same level and uh, you know I will be talking with uh, with Russ you know daily and, and talk about the future of this club and I'm, I'm sure the club will do everything uh, possible to uh, to make sure uh, the future is uh, is good I think Gio has been very clear in that in terms of our discussions, but also we as a club have been really clear in that. There's no mandate to the manager that we have to sell players. We've been really, really clear as a club in our communication that we see player trading as something that has to be normal for this club, uh, as it is for nearly every club in world football. Uh, we've not been strong in that in the past, that's, that's clear to say, but the investors have continued to back this club all the time. We've rejected, as everybody knows, some significant offers for some of our players in the last two windows, and we'll do so again unless they're the right offers for the right players at the right time. But if we accept any offers, then what we'll definitely be doing is uh, reinvesting back in this squad to keep taking us forward. I think when I speak to Douglas Park and John Bennett, one of the things that we always say is we've had to invest a lot in this club, or the guys have had to invest a lot in this club to get it back to the club that we all know that, that it has to be. And we're on a really, really good level today. Um, but we've been really, really clear about what our strategy is and what it needs to be going forward. But there's no requirement on the manager to have to, to, have to sell anyone. Well, you've been taking advice from the staff who are already here, or do you regard this as a fresh start for every player and they've all been given a chance to impress you? I think it's, uh, I think it's both, because I, it, it, it has to be clear in which environment you come in. You know, the club, of course I know the club because I've played for it, but, you know, it's been... Uh, it's been a while since I've been here. I think the last game of the last game I played was with the Legends in 2015, and after that, you know, I saw Rangers play against Feyenoord in the Kuype. But uh, other than that, you know, the people who are working in the club uh, will, of course, inform me about uh, you know things that had happened. But I think that's good. But uh, the most important thing for me is my feelings. You know, I'm always a coach who will take decisions how I how I feel. That's the one thing I always find. Uh, the best, and I will do it also with the decision I have to make in the coming weeks. We all knew what I think was going to be the, the core of the the press conference, and that was the initial things about, you know, are you excited to be here, all of that kind of stuff that you expect at press conference. But um, other questions, such as I asked them, do the players start with a clean slate? Um, could we expect to see maybe players who haven't featured? And he, he was very, very strong on that, yes. He said that that's absolutely the case. But first up, Adam, let's talk a little bit about his comments about what I suppose has to now be called the Connor Goldson interview. That was quite a, a divisive one, I would say. Most people were in, and I'll be honest, the camp I was, which, just no, not at all. I just didn't see the benefit of it. But there were some, it was a small amount, but some were saying, look, he's, he's totally honest, he's totally right. My take on it was... That may well be the case, but he he's not really in a position to do that, and certainly not publicly. Um, the manager, when asked about hunger, said a very interesting thing. He said, I expect that to come from within a player. I have been at the top foot level football my whole career, and I know what it takes to be successful. And any player who doesn't feel that way will find a very tough manager. That's a quote. Um, like we'll read into things. We don't know, but... He didn't sound too impressed. He didn't. No, he was a lot sterner than I think I would have. I would have thought not throughout the whole press conference, but certainly the, the situations that you would need to. Um, he obviously didn't answer it directly, but he kind of inferred, as you said. Uh, I'm on the same side as you. I thought that was 
unacceptable to, to say. If I'm honest, there are a way to do those things. I don't think that needs to be done in front of the camera. If if he's doing that in the dressing room, and we again, we don't know if that's something that gets said regularly or not, but I would imagine there'll be players within the dressing room who um, aren't too happy at, at that characterisation of him. Um, I, I don't think any player, OK, we've all bashed in 55, I don't think any player should be happy to accept uh, one title um, and that's it, that's job done if you like and we can kind of just take our foot off the, gra- the, the gas a little bit I feel like everybody involved at the club has, has been here long enough certainly the senior players have been here long enough to know that should never be the case so whether he's doing it to get a reaction out of players or not as I've seen people saying, I don't think that's the right That's the right way to, to do that absolutely, if he wants to get a reaction out of players he can do that in person but you can't, you can't come out after a after a game and say it 3-1 down everyone everyone knew it was over that's just unacceptable for me yeah I'm the same I didn't think it was over um, but we'll come to that later on Stevie he was also very clear uh, a phrase that he used he loves working with talents he loves working with young players who've got ability because he was one of them he came through from the age of 7 at Feyenoord all the way to the first team and he was very clear that the players it's what they do in training for him not what they might have done in the past yeah they were the Two big takeaways. Uh, the the first the first point he was I liked it because there was a very noticeable change in how he came across. Um, I thought he was quite jovial at times. He was he was quite friendly and he he was he was you know nice with the way you would want him. But on that question, he was he was visibly different, David. To me, he answered it differently. He answered it sternly. He answered what I would want to hear, but without going over the top or without making it a show, it was enough of a an indication that we know that the players are going to get told tomorrow exactly what we would want them to get told. With regard to the youth, that's great, that's what we all want to hear because we know that there is some big talents in Nathan Patterson, um, Kelly. Yeah, I mean, Kelly's the other one who had a great pre-season and seems to have disappeared and people are asking if he actually really does exist because he was so good in pre-season he's just disappeared but there's other talents in there as well that we've got to be looking at, you, you know, you go down to the B team and the big striker up front of Legley scoring goals for fun. You've got McCann in midfield and things. And I'm not saying that these boys are the answer to the moment. And I don't think we need to be looking that far down and things like that. But what I'm saying is, if they have a manager that's clear with a pathway for them, then it's great for them to hear. And they were the they were the big things for me today. I like hearing what he was saying about his tactics and the work, work, work thing. That's another big thing for me that you want. And I know it's obvious kind of answers that perhaps he was given, but these are the, the words and the, and the things that I was looking for. So they were the big takes, definitely on the youth, David. Adam, on the, you asked him about his preferred style of play um, and his methodology. I, I you know, he mentioned, of course... He's Dutch. <laughs> he grew up the four-three-three, but he he mentioned about being more flexible and about there are different challenges and that requires different things. That was one of the things that was put at Gerard that he, he could be tactically inflexible. I know that sometimes you felt it was maybe too much hammered at him, but it was interesting to hear him basically say, "Look, I don't have a." A full fi- I've got a philosophy on how I want us to play football but in terms of things like systems etc then I'm going to see what the lie of the land is and what suits us best which I think is is fair uh, Gerard's flexibility came from selecting different players in, in different positions it was a player flexibility that gave us maybe at more times it would be a 4-4-2 if Ruth and Morelos are playing whereas if they weren't playing it would be a 4-3-3 and similar with Davis and Kamara versus Aribo and Arfield it, it, it would form a different formation on the ball but it would look broadly similar to, to people watching. Um, but he is Dutch, as he said. He, he said four two three in the interview. I'm not sure if I picked up on him. He said four two three. He, he sure. did. Um, and hopefully, I, we're not going with ten men. No, I don't think. I think that uh, <laughs> maybe two goalkeepers after yesterday. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think that he, you know, obviously English isn't his first language, but he is utterly fluent as he proved um, so it could just have been a misspoke we all do it uh, I do it I meant to call him Giovanni and called him Gio by accident um, because I was very nervous because we were in the blue room and I always get nervous when I'm in the blue room but uh, yeah I mean four, two, three, one. we have the squad for it we do yeah that was that was what I was going to say if, if he just missed the one at the end and was going to go four, two, three, one. I think we absolutely do we've seen it happen um, I don't know 20 25 times over Gerard's tenure we've kind of played with a 4-2-3-1 um, several stages last year we did okay uh, it is a formation that we've had a bit of success with and I think the one thing that's widely acknowledged seems to be 
that we will go back to playing with with wingers. So a four-two-three-one would would allude to that, and it also lets you have a proper number ten in there whilst having the the two holding midfielders, which I know we say is overkill. It was overkill in Gerrard's system, but if you've got four fullbacks, two of which are going to attack anyway, and you've got two holding midfielders, but then you've got an extra man up top, you probably do need that bit of of solidity in there. So if it is a four-two-three-one. With the players that we've got, I think we're flexible enough to be able to cope with that. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. But I think overall, uh, philosophy-wise, it will be what we class as the 4-3-3 total football Dutch philosophy. But within that, of course, they can switch to three at the back uh, as well, as as uh, Barcelona and Cruyff themselves did uh, quite a lot. So they'll be able to switch in-game. Um, yeah, as you, well. me- you mentioned in-game being... You know, he's not going to just th- stick to something if it isn't working. And those different styles thing that you mentioned as well, I kind of took that both ways. Our different styles, but then also the teams that we play, different styles. Gerard has or had uh, a system, and more often than not, we kind of played a similar. We played the same system. There'll be games where we played the exact same lineup against Hamilton as we did away to Benfica, for example. Those are just too too polarized. I'm not saying it was exactly those games, but um, you might not see that now. It might be different formations and different styles to suit the team that we're playing with. I think is what everyone is, is crying out for. It's uh, a wee bit of change there. Some wingers, some pace in the team to be a bit more direct and I don't mean, unfortunately David, I don't mean lumping the ball up to uh, a Mark Cately type figure. Maybe more direct in the sense of getting the ball forward well, quicker. You, you mean the Rangers way, the yes. way that we won yeah, all, all these trophies with? Yep. Uh, 54 titles in fact. Playing That's what I mean. 4-4-2. Yeah. Yeah. No fullbacks don't cross the halfway line. That's Fifty-four titles my way, one title your way. <laughs> um, yes, that's a fair point. Actually, Alex McLeish, I'm taking. I'm taking right, Alex. Fifty-three titles, two titles your way. Yep, I'm still winning. I've just doubled my points total in thirty seconds, though, so I'm that's, doing okay. That, that's true. Um, yeah, I think we'll see flexibility. Um, absolutely, but for me, we need to. I think we. I, I really can't face getting into too much depth on on yesterday. But again, there's just so many elements of overplaying when we get into when we get into key areas of the, the pitch, overplaying would help if we had a some sort of number nine I'm sure that's a, a deeper debate but overplaying up top getting the ball wide trying to get it in the box it's very very predictable very quickly and that seems to have been our default when things don't go our way so having a bit more flexibility to be able to switch in game uh, to be able to try something new and to be able to get the ball forward a wee bit quicker um, I think would be the key things I'm looking for in the first few weeks Stephen, uh, he was asked about the future of James Tavernier uh, and he said he'd a meeting with him today. Um, he's an important and influential player both as a captain and as uh, the way the team plays. But again, um, he said everybody is basically starting you know, almost from scratch in terms of he knows that they're good players, but it's what they do now that counts. It's not that they were a good player six months ago. Yeah, and I think that was the right way. I think it would be the completely wrong thing um, to say in terms of perhaps the right thing in terms of you, you, your captain. But from fans, we're in a position where we're, we're a bit upset at what happened yesterday. Performances maybe haven't been up to scratch. We've, we've mentioned the word patchy a lot in this this season so far. So if he came right out and said, oh no, he's my captain, he starts no matter what, especially when you've got a talent like Nathan Patterson there, I think that's difficult. But he said enough for me to know that he's there's I don't think he's going to go in and rip that up in terms of take captaincy off him and things like that. However, I think he's like everybody else, his position's on notice, David. He's gonna to have to dig in and training, he's gonna to have to perform, he's gonna to have to show his value. So again, um I was impressed by Van Brockhurst, David. He was right, this is where maybe I'm still thinking of Giovanni 25 years ago, where he's the you know happy young jovial kid. But I got I got a sternness, I got a, a real sense of leadership. A couple of key phrases in there, like we had spoke about before, when he talks about certain things, that he's he's going to be tough, he's going to be disciplined, and and he's going to be the one hopefully that can snap them out of this kind of lull that they're in at the moment. To call it that. So overall. Um, if I'm if I'm skipping a wee bit slightly, I apologise. I was really impressed with what I heard from. No, I was the same, and and again, you are reminded. Uh, this is a guy. He was asked about if he was looking forward to the old firm game, but by not by fan media. You know, us who don't ask any tough questions, folks. Um, he was asked if he was looking forward to the old firm game, and he said, "Yeah, of course I am. It's a big game. I enjoyed playing in them. Same as I enjoyed playing Feyenoord versus Ajax. Same as I enjoyed, enjoyed playing um, Barcelona Real Madrid games. And it was just a wee reminder of." 
this guy has been at the elite level. That's a guy who's captain his team in a World Cup final, Adam. Yeah, um, and we deified Gerard for right, rightly for his uh, career and everything. We view everything with Gerard through a prism of what a great player he was and how much he did this and how much he did this. Van Bronckhorst has, has achieved more, um, certainly at higher levels, as you, as you mentioned, won titles in four countries. Mm. Four countries, won the Champions League twice, um, I, I think. So he doesn't immediately have that kind of fear factory aura that, that Gerard had, um, but he, he certainly, I was very impressed with, he mentioned about he's a strict coach and discipline is important to the way we play. Uh, and all that sort of stuff and, and there was a few questions where you kind of seen a bit of a steeliness come out and I'm not that he was tensing up to back away from, from questions but just talking about a subject that he, he knows he's going to be aggressive and disciplined about I think we've we certainly seen that there will be a wee bit of a wee bit of steel behind what is a very polished exterior David, see on that the, the one key thing um, and I don't want to get wrapped up because words obviously are big but the big thing for me and the phrase he used and he was quite directed and what he said is, you're either with me, or you're 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 not, and 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 that to me is at yesterday's comments, and in terms of Goldson comments, and I could tell, and I think it's for me, I think it's fair to say that he w- he wouldn't have been impressed by them, and it certainly makes, and and going back on what Adam says, and I agree, I, I think it's made his job a lot tougher than necessarily it needs to be and some things aren't said in the press and in public, certainly not in a live interview and that for me was one of them On to the game then, yes I'm sorry lads but uh, it needs to be done Now look, I didn't expect us to suddenly be brilliant, right? I didn't expect that there wouldn't be still some errors, still some loose parts of the game, there have been all season it's unrealistic to expect basically for no reason that everything would have clicked yesterday but I fancied us to go out and play professionally and competently and, and have enough to beat a Hibside who hadn't played for a month and I just sat in Hamden yesterday watching it unfold and you know some people have said Adam well I wasn't surprised I, I defy you if you weren't surprised after half an hour at how poor Rangers had been Hibs I thought tactically and nothing you know innovative just very straightforwardly um, set up tactically in a way that we simply couldn't handle. They exploited all the regular mistakes in the Rangers team that have been happening, such as being able to play the ball between Balogun and, and Barisic constantly. That led to the second goal. Set piece inability, of course, which led to the first one. And then knowing that if they could just get bodies behind the ball, the Rangers would do exactly what you mentioned there. There was overplaying. There, there wasn't that that sense of, of desperation um, to to make things happen. The, the, the deliveries were poor, even when they were good. They were getting nodded over the bar. Um, it was just almost like a, a collection of all the things that they've been doing badly this season for 90 minutes. Yeah, um, it was. Uh, I was. I wasn't surprised that we conceded the first goal. I was absolutely surprised that we conceded the first three. Um, I didn't see that coming at all. And, and to be honest, it could have been more, I think, is, is how abject it, it was. Um, the first goal, we always talk about who's, whose fault is it. Everyone's fault, I yeah. think, uh, again. This is, I, I don't get arguing about who's, who's made the biggest mistake. Yeah. Right. Now, Tavernier, mistake. McGregor, mistake. Um, what's Balogun doing? What's Kamara doing? I mean... It, does it really matter who made the biggest mistake? No. There's, there's half a dozen guys, and you you talk about in any goal you can see there's systems of failure, or sorry, points of failure mm-hmm. where you could have cut it out. There was there wasn't any points of success yeah. in that first goal. Nothing was right. Same with the second one. That's why I think it's such a reductive argument because it's the same with the Hearts goal. It's the same with every every goal. There hasn't been one thing that's wrong, and that's the issue. It's so much more nuanced than that. Um, for me, I just think there's there's obviously a, a shakiness there now because it is a thing, and that's I don't know what it, what we're at now. Is it 14 times we went behind? Um, so far, we've now conceded I don't know 16, 17 game, 16, 17 goals domestically, mm. which is is four goals ahead of where we were last year um, for the season. The one thing that's interesting, I'm going to contradict myself here and, and 
not necessarily blame someone, but just offer offer something. Um, there were times last year, and Martin's spoken about this before, there were times last year where I wouldn't quite say we were riding our luck defensively, but there were certain situations in games where goals were avoided. And if we're being honest, on the most part, those goals were avoided by excellent saves from Alan McGregor. Absolutely not blaming him because he has been superhuman, but can anybody pick two no, excellent absolutely. saves from McGregor this year? Hearts, Barry Mackay going through against yeah. Hearts, maybe as one. This is this feels sacrilegious. This doesn't feel right. To, to, for, to try and form the words of me saying Alan McGregor shouldn't play as Rangers keeper when Alan McGregor is at Rangers. It, I've never done it before. I, did, yeah, I haven't from his first breakthrough. From that night in Mulder, I was like, get him in the team. You know, it was Letizia we had at the time and I was like, get get McGregor in the team. And since then, I've just always thought he was brilliant. It, and people kind of jump on you and they go, why well, you want to drop? Do you remember what he's done for us? And it's all true. All I'm saying is right now, he's just not playing very well, Stevie. It's not. And as difficult and as it's sad it is to say, we need to think about the team first. And at the moment, he's not in form. And the problem with him not being in form is the central defence isn't in form. And when your central defence isn't in form, you maybe look to the goalkeeper to add a wee bit of reassurance, a wee bit of stability. So is, is he going to come off the line and take a cross? Is he going to command his area? Now, unfortunately for Alan McGregor, I don't think he trusts his centre-backs. I don't think the centre-backs trust him, and there's a disconnect there that means that any time that ball comes in the box, he's reluctant to come and charge out and get it. I don't think he's looked as vocal as he was last year. He was very pumped up. He was very aggressive last year. I don't know if, if now I'm over-analysing things, but I don't see the same Alan McGregor as he was last year when he was top of his game. I don't look at John McLaughlin as being a better goalkeeper. I don't look at him as, as being the better option etc long term for Rangers as a number one but I do at the moment think he's a better option for us now and that counts for a couple of players in the team David but I think that the goalkeeping position is a big one if I'm really critical the second goal is definitely one he should save the first one he's got to do a lot better there's two reasons why I say that the first one is Boyle had a touch and he's three yards out in his six. He's he's already in his six-yard box. He's he's halfway in. He takes a touch. By the time Boyle shoots, McGregor's on his arse, and that should never happen. Stay as big as you can. If you stay big and the boy rifles it or whatever past you, then fine. But he just didn't seem to move along his line quick enough. He didn't seem to react quick enough. And yeah, we're over analysing it. I'm certainly over analysing. But I think he could could do better for the first. He's certainly at fault for the second, and that seems to be a succession of things that are happening now and when he's not making the big saves we then look at well what are you doing and that's listen like you said it does it's it's so harsh to be saying but we need to actually get to these things at the moment there's big questions that we need to to get at in this team unfortunately for us and it's only my opinion other people might disagree but unfortunately for me Alan McGregor's position is one that needs to be changed and that's one of I think three or four big questions in this team Could I maybe change the terms of this question then because I think that it's not so much a case of saying is player A better than player B right because that's subjective and you do have to weigh into account what someone has done in the past and the form they've showed over a long period is it more a question, Adam, of who's the better player right now? And that's when things like form and confidence, the intangibles, kick in. So it might not be a case of saying that we have to play John McLaughlin because he's better than Alan McGregor. It's just he might be in slightly better nick right now. Similarly at central defence, similarly in midfield. Yesterday you could have argued it for all over the pitch, in all honesty. Yeah, I think I think it should always be the case um, that who who is in, in best form. Um... I think there are times you can carry somebody who's not in great form when the rest of the team's fine and you let them play their way back to form. But I think when you've got as many of them off form as this, then no, that's not possible. Yeah, I think it needs to be, that needs to be the players who have come up big for you in the past. And obviously McGregor is one of those, which is a slight contradiction. But I, I agree. But to, to come back to the McGregor point, a goalkeeper should own the six-yard box at, at corners. At minimum. Yeah. At, at minimum. And there'll be comments saying, ah, but he's never done that. Does that make it okay? Um, th- th- we we feel cr- we feel co- comments and criticism 
every week about Tavernier can't defend the back post, that's inexcusable, but we allow it for our, for, for McGregor, that's okay, he's always been like that. Uh, that doesn't quite sit well with me, I think people should get criticised. On the second goal, McGregor would have saved that last year, that doesn't mean that McGregor should have saved it last year, um, because as you said earlier on, the ball is way too easily cut through the midfield first of all, and then that pass in between, whether it's Bassey, whether it's Barisic and Balogun, always happens, so to me that is a pitfall of us having Balogun on the Balogun on the left of defence. People know that you've got a right side, a right footed centre half playing. That's how you get through. We've seen it with Katic, it never happens when Herlander's playing. Um because he can step out and make that make that with his left foot. So that's a that's a flaw, that's a known flaw that teams are, are gonna are gonna deal with. See on that point, Adam, uh, and Adam I, I completely agree with him. Malmo scored doing that. Right? And then Celtic also had I think it was Furuhashi went through the exact same and McCrory stood up big. So that's only in a couple of seconds since Adam mentioned that, that I can recall at least two or three, including that goal, occasions occasions where that is happening. So that's something that he needs to rectify. Again, with the second goal, David, we we talk about not blaming anyone. There's a number of faults in that goal. Uh, Balogun steps up to try and nick the ball gets turned far too easily Goldson is then completely caught in no man's land which isn't his fault because his central defensive partner has left him then Tavernier tries to match the run instead of staying in line and then McGregor doesn't get there so this isn't this isn't a case of this Rangers team being well one or two are out of form and this is your obvious fix unfortunately for Van Bronckhurst the, the fixes that he has to make are big ones McGregor Morelos Midfield, fullbacks, they're all big parts of that 55 winning team. Mm. But it might be a good thing that he's coming in because he's got no loyalty, he's got, he's got everybody has a blank slate with him. You'll have a, a, obviously a, a varying degree of knowledge of, of what's went on and, and where he wants to go with it. But I think that I don't think anyone's safe, and I think that's the way it should be. There's a lot of players in that team, David, yesterday that need. A severe kick up the arse Well we got told that By the vice captain yesterday On Goldson As I say Some people said No I appreciate his honesty um, I would say that That was the minority um, You know certainly on our site There were a couple But most people were Were critical uh, And the reaction I've seen On social media And in forums Has been similar and, and even just anecdotally Speaking to people Adam All season with Goldson We hear He needs to sign a new deal Or I'm coming round to do we really want to give him a new deal because he'll be 30 it would make him one of the highest paid players at the club are we necessarily wanting to to commit a new manager to three and a half years of this deal or might it be a case of saying do you know what, thank you for your service we're going to try something different I thought you were going to ask me if it's physically possible for someone to kick their own arse there but um, yeah, not yesterday did a mist. I have kind of made my my peace with that. I, 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 since the window shut, I was of the opinion I think that he wasn't going to sign a new contract. Um, and I don't get as annoyed at, at that as other people. I think people take it similar to the Gerard thing as a, a jilted lover. How dare you think there's there's more to life than than Rangers? Because we think that. So I'm I'm not too fussed on it on that side, provided that he's doing enough to stay in the team. Um, and I think with the with the Hellander injury, I think it's just has it, accentuated that he knows he's not going to get dropped. He probably knew he wasn't getting dropped anyway. Let's be honest. Yeah. But even with Gerard gone, not under the previous manager. Even with Gerard gone, um, and to see to be honest, I, I don't think there's been many occasions that he should have been dropped um, up until this season. Probably zero to be honest. If if I'm going to be honest about it, um, which I'm sure will, will attract some flack, but I don't think so. Um, but this season, the defensive issues um, were really missing Hellander. You would ex- you would have hoped that he would step up um, like he did last season and become that that person. I still don't think there's a lot of mistakes happening that are directly because of Connor Goldson. Uh, I can't remember a lot of them. So I, I still think the whole the defence thing he gets lumped in and saying, "Oh, you've not signed your contract, therefore you're the problem as well." Um, so he isn't playing well. He, his use of the ball has gone dramatically. That's the big thing for me. If he's not making mistakes, his use of the ball has gone. He has made a few mistakes, but overall, um, I don't think he's been culpable for a lot of them. But like we said, it's been a death of a thousand cuts mm. in the defence. So 
it's the obvious talking point all the time. He's not signed a new contract. Get him out. Get him out. I, I don't think he is going to sign a new contract at this point. And given the, the dearth of options we've got at centre back, Ross yeah. Wilson would want money in in January. Um, and if people weren't going to pay money in the summer, I'm not sure they're going to pay money when they can actually get him for free in six months. So. Um, however we want to look at it I think Conor Goldson will be a Rangers player until the summer I don't think a contract is on the table and personally given what we've seen um, I'm not sure he would be one that you want to commit a contract to because this is a player in their peak now um, that has shown I think over the three years he has been very good but I've not seen anything to suggest that he's going to go on and to go on to another level therefore for the wage outlay etc I think there's probably better that we can be getting out there to come in and develop and get this tra- finally get this player trading model on, on the agenda on the go. Stevie one of the questions I think we all had yesterday was the substitutions now it wasn't an ideal scenario for the guys who were in the dugout and there was some suggestion that Giovanni Van Bronckhorst should have went down there. As much as I love Kevin Thompson, I, I disagreed with him strongly there. Ross Wilson said in there he couldn't have, even if he'd wanted to, because uh, the work permit wasn't through, so it would breach any number of well employment law, but also SFA and SPFL rules. But um, the guys who were there, the B-team coaches, the substitutions were utterly baffling to me. Now, I'm not one of these guys who thinks that I know better than professionals because I don't, right? I don't have coaching badges and I've never played to a high level. Um, but there are occasionally decisions that are like, yeah, but even to a layman, we're 3-1 down with 25 minutes to go in a semi-final and we take off an attacking midfielder for a defensive one in Ryan Jack. Now, I would have brought Ryan Jack on. I thought he brought a wee bit of vitality. But it just seemed to signal, oh, the game's done. Yeah, substitutions signalled more about giving people game time than, than trying to recover anything you've seen the reaction from the crowd when you pull Kent off at 60 minutes when the, the crowd react like that it doesn't matter if Ryan Kent's having the, the most wonderful game in the world or not in it at all he consumes people he occupies defenders and he's capable of magnificent moments like his shot versus Ross County or he's capable of, of creating something so to take him off was even more baffling, David, when I think that we haven't come to somebody who I think is the biggest problem in our team at the moment, and that's our number nine. He had the most atrocious 90 minutes out of a lot of them. His performance was disgraceful, and I know these are harsh words, but we talk about yesterday, um, and we, we talk about the substitutions. I mean, what do you say? I mean, if it was a manager, you would be saying get him out the door and things like that because they were so bad. Two guys I didn't... uh, Two guys that should have been off yesterday were Tavenier. And it's not like we don't have a good replacement uh, in Morelos. Um, Tavenier, I I can only think it was that British thing of you can't sub the captain, which is just such Yeah, it's such a nonsense. Tavenier did have a poor game, but this is the thing, right? Tavenier isn't the issue. And I don't... It's like people saying Kamara's not playing well. Kamara isn't the issue in this team either. Kamara needs people moving in front of him. James Tavernier had a bad game. James Tavernier has bad games. That's This isn't new to us. This isn't like suddenly he's not played well. James Tavernier had bad games last year, but it got masked by the fact that we had a squad that was completely on point. So when somebody dipped, somebody else carried them mm-hmm. through. At the moment, it's getting highlighted because nobody else is doing anything. But the system and the way we play doesn't... It can get by without James Tavenier playing well, right? It cannot get by without our number nine moving from a five-yard circle that he, he trotted in. I'm very angry about his performance yesterday, tell. David. I know we haven't got there, but I've got a lot to say on Alfredo Go Morelos. On. But for me... You've got the mic going. His attitude from word go was, was appalling. You talk about... Fans want to find answers, right? So sometimes we say things like attitude of people haven't well, haven't been great, doesn't look like they're hungry, doesn't look like... And then when it's actually confirmed, you look at that 11 and say, well, who is it? Who's the players in there that he is talking about? Alfredo is the one that everybody's going to be looking at. He's not sharp. He's not looking for the ball. He's not holding it up. Not he's, 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 he's not taking people on. And he's not... The most thing about Alfredo is Alfredo used to dominate defending. Look at Alfredo that bullied Pepe mm-hmm. eighteen months ago, and look at him now. What he did to he's, he's, he's not interested. 
he he doesn't make the runs, and I'm not talking about running down the line and, and consuming. He's not even moving side to side in the box or making the wee slip runs where people see when Joe uh, Aribo played that ball in after 10 minutes and he was in and on the angle how many times have you seen him finish that and it was a half-arsed effort and it was just along the ground and see when he done it it was a kind of nonchalant ach well there was no passion from him David and I'm and it fault and our whole system falls down because he's not offering any movement he's not running he's not holding it up and when that doesn't happen, it gets to Ryan Kent, it gets to Glenn Kamara, and these guys have got nothing to hit. You look at when we did play well and score these goals at Motherwell, and you look at the the, the players that played that day, I'm not convinced that Sakala is the answer. I don't think he's a better player than Alfredo when he's on his game. I don't think he's better than Roof, but he presses. He moves, he makes runs, he takes some shots, he does everything. Alfredo's just treading water in games. Mm. He's not even creating chances, he's not getting involved. Even last year, if you said his performances are dipped from the year before, which he did, and Adam and I spoke about this, he was still massively contributing with goals, big moments. He's not done anything this season. And yes, he's maybe got five or six goals, but he's not kicked his own ass, David. And he is one that they need to, at this very point, say... You're either with us or you're against us. And that means out the door in January. Because see, at this moment in time, we're not getting the money we want for him. But see anything that we do get offered that's big enough to put him out the door. See if he's going to give you what he gives you on Sunday, then he goes. And he's not the only one, but he's the biggest, massive culprit in that team for me. Adam? I don't like to say... Um, I don't like to, to say we've been saying this for a while, blah, 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 because it's a wee bit of, of after-eventing. But myself and Ali did a podcast on... On Patreon, um, this time last year, possibly January, where we uh, Morelos has this new role and he's doing this and he's doing that was was all we heard for for most of last season and he's he's great at linking deep etc. And the kind of point that we made was there isn't a huge imp- there wasn't a huge improvement on that last year. Certainly not enough for us to lose what we lost um, with Morelos that autumn twenty nineteen where he was unplayable. Ragdolling defenders, as Stevie said, all of that was gone last year, and and the general feeling for people was that's him maturing as a player. He's doing this build up and he's doing that build up, and I think the argument at the time was someone needs to be doing what he did. We need a focal point within the team. Um, when you've got players around him like Aribo and and Haji that aren't going to run beyond, someone needs to be there to do that, and we lost a big thing by him not doing that now what we see is in my opinion he's not doing either um, he's, he's link up playing stuff is fine he's, he, he can be neat and tidy but he goes through and goal and he's lost the pace uh, I keep, yeah, I, I, the, the one Stevie mentioned if he uh, he, 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 he had another touch he had a touch to go in closer get a better angle and put it away but he knew he wasn't going to outrun the defender and he, he can't finish those chances anyway <laughs> he never finishes those chances even when he has pace so uh, He's taking it early because he's not got the confidence to back himself to, to get past the defender. We see people saying he, he's so much bulked up than he was two years ago, whether it's muscle, whether it's fat, I don't know. Um, he doesn't. If it's muscle, he doesn't need to be as muscly as he is, I guess is the thing you would say there. Um, I think it's probably a bit of both, but he's lost the, he's lost the explosiveness. He's not occupying the defenders, and the link-up play for me has always just been okay. Sorry if that's, if that's critical, but... Dropping deep to to receive the ball and pass it to someone and, and drag a defender out—that's striker one hundred and one. I don't think we should really be be lauding that. So the, the what we've lost from Morelos was what made him unique. That kind of Suarez style. I'll come and get the ball. I'll kick it off your shins and I'll just run right through you, and have five, six, seven shots and goal a game. Now um, it's just not there, and he looks a shadow of what he was. You could argue he's a more complete player. I I would very much disagree. Um, on that I, I think he was the player that we needed him to be at that point and I think we could do with that player back now but I don't, it doesn't look likely to me Right so what we're saying is right change some of the players get us back a rampage in Buffalo sign a centre half would that be accurate? That'd be nice yeah That would be the immediate <laughs> the immediate priority um, absolutely short term Geo's got to make us tough to beat again because we're soft centred. You look at some of the stats that we've we seen lately. We need to focus on not yeah, just, conceding stupid just, goals. Remember, when we, we harp on about, um, and, we, and we probably shouldn't, and it's a really difficult thing to do, but when Walter came into that shit show under Le Guin, the first thing he did was, was make us beat. compact and tough to beat. Correct. Now, Geo doesn't have that opportunity because he's not there yet. He's got six weeks to get through. But I think the immediate thing that he needs to identify is, right, 
how can I influence this and tweak this to make us like harder to beat? And if he tweaks it slightly, I still think we've got enough quality because these players aren't bad players. Mm-hmm. We've got enough quality to start winning games and start scoring goals. So you shut the door. And once that happens, I think we'll, we'll be absolutely fine. But he's got to get... I and I was saying this today as well. This isn't a scapegoat thing. It's not blame, blame, blame. As fans, we can just pinpoint and say, this is my opinion. We've got a few opinions on, on positions and things like this. I don't think you go in and make eight changes. I don't think that's necessary. And it's not practical. And and like, like you know, one of the questions in the press conference, he can't go in and overload them too soon. With, with information and what he wants to do especially when like Adam pointed out you've got you've got game two days game two days you know three days apart he can't do that but what he can do is make three or four significant changes that will be enough to revitalise us at the moment give him some breathing space hopefully take us on to a few more results and kick starters enough to get us through to January where he's got three weeks to work solidly with the players and get people in that he wants well it's fair to say yesterday was a bad one, but we do have a new manager. He was very impressive in his press conference. Now, that's good, because it's words, but it's action. But I think we all have a bit of faith in him. Um, I think he's a, a favoured son of the club, and we're looking forward to seeing the Geo era begin. So, thank you to Adam. Thanks, David. Thank you to Stevie. No, thank you, David. Cheers. Thanks to our executive, even, producers in London, Mike Lee and Paul Myers. If you want to hear more from us, uh, come to patreon.com forward slash heart and hand. You can always check out Stevie's stuff for lads. Had a dream dot com dot blog dot you it's don't know what it is? Four lads had a dream dot blog it is. All right. Don't ask me, David. I wasn't even prepared for right, it. I to, thought you were doing it for to, me. To be fair, he doesn't search for his own blog, right? No, but no. if you put four lads had a dream on Google, right, aye, definitely. There we go. And you can always get me and Stevie on our monthly shows with CJ Novo. So thank you for listening to us, folks. Hope you enjoyed it today. I'll be back uh, on... Uh, Adam will be back, sorry, with Extra on Friday. I'll be back on the flagship next week. Until then, Moon the Rangers. Take care, everyone. In duo we trust. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.